Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Environmental disasters, extreme weather events, pollution epidemics, droughts, extinctions, and David Attenborough documentaries, they are all becoming increasingly common. And the result is that we, it is easy for us to end up feeling overwhelmed by the plight of the planet. But there's good news. In the next 25 minutes, we're going to use the Bible to help us get to the heart of the matter. And in doing so together, we're going to move out of the paralysis of being overwhelmed and into the action of creating change. So let's start by uh, taking the temperature of the room this morning. Regarding the environment, please could you put your hand up if, and bearing in mind we do real here, so you can be honest, right now, you feel overwhelmed by the environmental crisis that you observe. Yes, interesting. Okay, Um, if you do feel overwhelmed, then you're clearly uh, in good company this morning. And if you don't feel overwhelmed, then maybe you will in a couple of minutes once I've got into my flow. The truth is, uh, you were not designed to go through life feeling overwhelmed. You were designed for a life-fulfilling relationship with Jesus. Life in all its glorious fullness. That is God's intention for each of us. And so why is the state of the environment something that we find so overwhelming? Well, it's overwhelming because of the sheer scale of it. Humankind has had an impact on the very depths of the sea and the heights of space. And the issues are astronomically large and microscopically small all at the same time. I can't comprehend that. And it's fast changing, isn't it? I mean, what's the big issue of today? Is it plastic, pollution, fossil fuels, biodiversity, food sustainability, deforestation? I can't work it. And it's conflicted, because plastic's actually really good at some things. And and some of the problem waste that the world is dealing with is being produced by people raising themselves out of extreme poverty. Surely that should be celebrated. And cows, I mean, they get a bad press. But actually, cows are really good in some ways. I can't find my way through the confusion. And, And people, they're cast as these caricature characters. You know how it goes, farmers, they're the baddies even though often they're actually the custodians of the countryside, middle-class hipsters. They're positioned as the goodies because they make positive food choices like eating organic avocados, which, of course, they're smashed. I think that that means mashed. But ignoring the fact that those avocados have actually been transported halfway around the world and that the avocado crops are controlled by Mexican cartels. And the young people, well, they're just protesting to get a day out of school. I just can't keep up and it's crazy I mean Trump claims it isn't happening how is that possible and it's mind-boggling one plastic bottle in the sea will in time break into enough microscopic pieces that there could be a piece of it on every mile of coastline on the planet I can't deal with that and of course for us it's overwhelming because the church hasn't always done a great job on the topic for many people in the generation before mine environmental stewardship was simply not part of the conversation in church. And it's overwhelming because it's global. I mean, how can turning off a light bulb at my house make any difference considering the enormity of the problem in America or China? America first certainly seems to apply to fossil fuel usage, if nothing else. Are you feeling overwhelmed yet? I'll keep going. It's overwhelming because it's exponential. Nearly half of all the plastic ever manufactured has been made since the year 2000, and they reckon it's going to double again by 2035. What could I do about that? It's overwhelming, and because of all of this, what do I do? I try and change, but change is hard. We're not good at change. I'm not 
good at change. Before you think I'm preaching today because I've got this down, let me reassure you I haven't. Perfectly demonstrated by the fact that Maddie and I both forgot to bring our reusable cups to church this morning. I'm not good at change. I mean, I committed to never use single-use plastic bags ever again. And then one night I was at co-op and they put reduced stickers on everything and I got to the till and it was more than I could juggle and I brought a plastic carrier bag. I bought a box of 40 environmental toilet rolls, but really I only did that out of guilt because someone at church gave us one as a sample and we displayed it with pride like a trophy in our cloakroom for several months so people would think we were using environmentally toilet rolls even though we weren't. I wonder how long that change will last. I've made the change. I've decided to always use my bike whenever I don't need to use the car. But then what I've, I've, I've wised up to it and I've learned to turn my nuisance into a need. So things that are a nuisance like, oh, it's raining or, oh man, my sandwiches are heavy today. I've turned those nuisances into a need in order to excuse using the car for short journeys. Change is hard and it's often not very rewarding. When I scrape poo out of Abigail's reusable cloth nappies before putting them in the washing machine and I get it on my fingers by accident, there's no one cheering me on. I don't get a clap. When I'm sweating up Richmond Lane Hill on my bike after I've been to work and I've not used a car, I've never been congratulated. I've never had a high five from a stranger. You don't get a sticker. It doesn't always feel rewarding. It's overwhelming. And change is hard. And so what should we do? We should go back to the truth. And the truth can be found in the Bible. In life, any time you feel overcome, confused, anxious, uncertain, lost, vulnerable or overwhelmed, go back to the truth. So let's start with four environmental truths about the nature of nature as revealed through the Bible. Truth number one, God created this fact is so important that people with a short attention span can discover it by only reading the first verse of the Bible. Genesis 1 verse 1 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And right at the start of John, it says, talking of Jesus, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made. When it comes to the planet, the environment, this world that we inhabit, God created it. What's the best thing you've ever created? Was it a beautiful painting? A stunningly designed and landscaped garden? A top quality lasagna? I don't know, have you ever written a poem or composed a symphony? And then what emotions do you feel when you think back about what you have created? Because whatever it is you feel, I imagine it's not a patch on the care that God feels for the things he created. God created it and declared over it that it was good. I feel so upset when I read Psalm 95. I love that God created everything, but I hate what we've done to it. Psalm 95 says, In his hands are the depths of the earth, which mankind's ravaged and mined for fossil fuels. And it says that the mountain peaks belong to him. Yet even the summit of Everest has discarded oxygen cylinders and human excrement on it. And it says that the sea is his, for he made it. That's the sea that we pillage of fish and fill with plastics and where the coral dies. He created all of it. And he cares for it like you care for your greatest creation. And it seems logical to me that if God cares about the lilies and the sparrows, that he also cares about the polar bears and the plankton, the turtles and the tigers. And when God created it, part of it was you. And part of it was me. God made us in his image. We're therefore creative beings made in the image of God. If today you've never been to church before or never heard anything of the Bible before, 
And can I encourage you, please just tune out here and spend the rest of this morning pondering the fact that you were created on purpose, by, for a purpose, by God, who's therefore your biggest fan. He knows you intimately. He knitted you together. He wants to set you free and show you how to stay free. Ponder that. But for everyone else, we all have the thread of creation running through our being. I believe that the love that God feels for his creation is available for us all to tap into. God, would you give us a glimpse of the love that you feel for this earth? The nature of nature, fact one, God created it. Fact two, God is revealed through it. I love this verse. Romans 1 verse 20 says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Isn't that amazing? God's invisible qualities have been clearly seen. God is revealed through creation. Psalm 19 verse 1 says it like this, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Just like the painting reveals something of the painter and the pot, something of the potter and the song, something of the singer, so creation is revealing the creator. Generally, the church has been pretty good at teaching that God reveals himself to us through prayer and through worship and through serving and through study of his word. But the church hasn't always been so good at teaching that God also reveals himself through the things he created. And the amazing thing is the more closely you look at creation, the more you see about the creator. When you look at creation more closely, you see that God is a God of both perfect order and perfect chaos, straight lines and curves. He works with incredible detail. He's so beyond our comprehension that everything he created is perfectly balanced, intimately interconnected and working in seamless harmony. He created nature with this ability to fix itself. Look at the fact that a hole in the ozone layer is getting smaller and that habitats that have been destroyed can still come back to life. The closer you look, the more you realise that God loves diversity. He created endless colours, ever-changing weather and climate patterns, and a raft of crazy species like these. Look here. You've got um, the Dumbo octopus, the blobfish, and the star-nosed mole. They're bonkers. If I'd created the world, there would be about five colours, one type of tree, one type of bush, one grass, and maybe a handful of animals if I was feeling creative. But fortunately, God isn't like that. And revealed in creation, we realise that God loves rhythms. He created the ebb and the flow of tides, sunsets, sunrises and seasons. God is revealed through creation. The closer you look, the more you see. And sometimes when we learn about the creator, we also gain a new perspective on ourselves. Psalm 8 says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you've set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? That is a new perspective. So many of our problems seem to stem from the fact that we think we are far bigger than we are when we're actually so small. And being small doesn't mean that God isn't interested in us. It just means it's even more incredible that God is interested in us. So can I ask you, what was, when was the last time you learned something about God revealed through his creation? When was the last time you really engaged with the beauty and wonder of creation? Research shows that, you're, that not connecting with nature can make you ill and it's bad for your mental health. And I'm not suggesting here that you need to spend a month fasting and yodeling from the top of a mountain sitting in just your pants. But maybe we could all just cycle more. 
so that we notice the seasons change and hear the birds sing and see the flowers in the hedgerows. Or maybe you could spend some time looking at the stars. Newsflash, did you know you don't have to stop looking at the stars just when you stop being young? Maddie and I as teenagers spent hours looking at the stars and it always had a profound impact on me. In fact, when we were talking about it this week, Maddie said, and this is a quote, that's what first got me thinking about God, the diversity, the complexity, the intricacy and the beauty of creation. God revealed himself to Maddie through his creation to such an extent that she discovered a life-fulfilling relationship with Jesus. And did you know, statistically, if you lay on your back in the UK on a clear night and intentionally stargaze for 10 minutes, you'll see a shooting star. When was the last time you saw a shooting star? People often talk, don't they, about how close they feel to God in nature. But the flip side is also true. When we lose touch with creation, we can lose touch with God. When everything we look at is ugly, it can be hard to believe in a beautiful creator. You'll never care for something that you don't love. Maybe today is a reminder that you need to fall in love with creation again. God, would you reveal to me again, yourself to me again, through the wonder of your creation? The nature of nature, fact two, God is revealed through it. Let's get those creatures off the screen and move on to fact three. God is worshipped by it. Our um, egocentric worldview, I presume, uh, presumes that we are the only beings capable of worshipping God. In our self-centeredness, we're prone to thinking that only humans have the capacity to worship the creator. But the Bible makes it quite clear that all of nature, animal, vegetable and mineral, was created for the worship of God. And we see this throughout the Bible in Revelation chapter 5 in the vision. It says, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, worship to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. And we see it in the psalm. Psalm 96 says, let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Or maybe you're familiar with the doxology that says, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Yes, that comes from Psalm 148. Well worth a read. And even more so, Jesus, when he was walking on earth, he was told to silence this crowd who were shouting and singing praise to him. And his response to the Pharisees was that he said, if the crowd keeps quiet, then the stones will cry out. God is worshipped by all of creation. The trees that are being cleared for palm oil plantations are worshipping God. The animals on the brink of extinction are worshipping God, the sea creatures with bellies full of plastic are gargling worship to God. The wild animals being forced from their habitats are worshipping God. God is worshipped by all of creation. God, would you help me to recognise that all of creation is worshipping you? The nature of nature, fact three, God is worshipped by it. Now, before I get to fact four, I'd appreciate your help. Could you just shout out some answers to this question? What group movement, charity, organisation or initiative is at the forefront of environmental progress. Could you shout out some names of some organisations having an impact? Extinction Rebellion, fantastic. Anything else? Friends of the Earth, WWF, yes, great. You could have Greenpeace, you could have Tear Fund, you could have the International Panel on Climate Change, lots of organisations having a great impact on the Earth. But there's one devastating omission There's a massive movement of people who, when you say save the planet, 
should spring into your mind. They're bigger than all those other organisations put together. And there are people motivated because they know the creator. The nature of nature fact for God entrusts us with it. Us, humankind, mankind. Us, the chosen people, the people of God, the church, should be at the forefront of that. Being concerned about the environment is our biblical mandate. Genesis 2 says it like this, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. That means to look after it, to take responsibility for it. Earlier, God had said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth. We've been given dominion over everything, but dominion which is in the image of God. Dominion in a way that reflects God. Dominion not to dominate or exploit, but to take responsibility for. Psalm 8 says, You have made him ruler over the works of your hands. You've put everything under his feet, all the flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Just because they're under our feet doesn't mean we can walk all over them. And God entrusts us. He entrusts us to steward creation in such a way that we love our neighbour. And you can't love your neighbour at the same time as forcing them out of their homes due to rising sea levels. And we're instructed to steward creation for justice. Proverbs 29 teaches that the righteous care about justice for the poor. And it's the poor who are the first to suffer from environmental change. The richer you are, the more insulated you are from environmental problems. Justice is a world in which the poor don't have to suffer the consequences of the excesses of the rich. Precious people made in the image of God are being forced from their homes, their livelihoods and their ways of life due to environmental degradation. The breakdown of the environment which has been primarily entrusted to us. God, would you help me be a good and faithful servant with the planet you've entrusted to me? The nature of nature, fact four, God entrusts us with it. And so let's just take stock for a moment. The environmental crisis we observe is overwhelming and we find change hard. And so what do we do? We go back to the truth. And the truth is that the Bible makes it clear that God created it. God is revealed through it. God is worshipped by it and God entrusts us with it. And equipped with this, what do we do? We have to change, but what am I going to do? We ask ourselves this question, what am I going to do? Well, the good news is, this morning, I've got the answer. I've cracked it. I have got to do something more. You were looking for something a bit better there. I know that. But I've got to do something more. I'm not going to tell you what to do, because it depends on what you're already doing, on your finances, on your health, on your availability. But I know one thing. Everyone in this room can do something more. And what do you do when you've done that thing? Do you sit back and relax knowing that you've played your part for the planet? No, you do something more. And then you do something more. And don't worry if the first change that you make is small because it doesn't really work like that. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, a seed so small we hardly notice it. But Jesus said that they grow and grow and become large enough for the birds of the air to make their nests in them. Jesus, talking about seeds and yeasts, explains that small things can create great change. And we have to remember that we cannot do everything, but that's no reason to do nothing. While each action we make might be a tiny drop in the ocean, together those drops will make 
are different. Let me give you a practical example. If for one day, everyone in the UK only put as much water in the kettle as they actually needed to boil, it would save enough electricity to power all the UK street lamps the following night. Small changes can make a big cumulative difference. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to do something more. This morning, over lunch, talk about this and decide what's next for you. Having your gas central heating on a bit less, switching energy supply, getting organic milk, buying wine bottled in the UK, that shouldn't be too arduous. No longer buying products with palm oil in them. Starting to buy your dry goods from lemon and ginger to zero-waste plastic store in Romsey. Maybe, and I can't endorse this strongly enough, you decide to start by committing to reading through this. It's called Ellis for Lifestyle, Christian Living That Doesn't Cost the Earth by Ruth Valerio. That would be a great start. Maybe you can start using a greengrocer or driving slower or putting a cleaner fuel in your car. Maybe, like I failed today, you're going to start bringing your own cup to church. Discuss it today and commit to it. In your connect groups this week, we're going to ask you each to commit to one new action and to record these, as well as committing to revisit these later in the year. You've been warned. Uh, but I started this morning by acknowledging that change is hard, and so how are we going to change? And the answer is our key verse for this series. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that every person can create change. You can create change. With Christ who strengthens you, you will be able to make tough changes. When it comes to making change, it's easier to get people to make changes that impact their time than it is their money. And it's easier to get people to make changes that impact their money than it is their comfort. But you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And all things includes making changes that cost you time, money, and comfort. It could cost your time by going out of your way to recycle things that aren't collected at the curbside, to clean your cans before you recycle them, by driving slower, or by buying in charity shops instead of just buying new. It could cost your money by choosing to go organic or free range, by buying cleaner petrol, or switching to a clean energy provider. And it could cost your comfort when you choose to cycle even though it's raining and cold, when you choose to put pork and chicken on your barbecue instead of beef, that shouldn't be too much of a cost to your comfort, when you stop eating soft fruits shipped by air out of season. But when your love for the planet is costing you time, money and comfort, then you know you've really got to grips with this stuff. Could the band come up, please? That would be great. So after this morning, it would be so good if you went home and did something more. Do something more. Be empowered by the truth and encouraged by the changes that you make. And my prayer is that as a response, you stop feeling overwhelmed and start walking in the fullness of life. And as the band play, I'd like us just to take a moment to just think quietly about what's the thing that you could do next. What is something more for you? How could you sacrifice your time, money or comfort to this end? God, would you come right now? as we just take a moment and prompt us, inspire us, encourage us, and challenge us into a new change for the sake of your world. Let's just pause for a moment and let God prompt us. Father God, you laid down your life for your friends in the definitive act of love. You gave up your rights for our gain. You endured death so that we might find life. 
God in the same way help us give up our comfort, surrender our time and our money as an act of loving our neighbours, laying ourselves down for others and caring for the poor and in doing so loving the earth that you created. God, today we choose to leave behind the inaction of being overwhelmed and instead move us into action, we pray. Help us do something more. Come and have your way among us. Amen. God created it. So maybe you need to rediscover the creator. God's revealed through it. So maybe you need to reconnect to creation. God is worshipped by it. So maybe you need to protect the planet. And God entrusts us with it. So maybe you need to do something more. Together, we will make a difference. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.